All right, all right. Billy Carson here, a.k.a. Forbidden Knowledge. All right, thank you for tuning in. I'm just sending out a few more messages to get a few more people in here tonight. Going to have a great talk tonight. Um, and it's going to be a powerful night. I'll be on tonight for quite some time because I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to do the Biohack podcast with Elizabeth Hoekstra. And then I'm going to stay on and we're going to come back on again with Gaben Sarial to talk about the fiat currency of China and what they're trying to use to dominate, uh, what they think they're going to use to dominate the world. And so it's going to be a great night tonight. I was going to talk about the uh, the Freemasons tonight, but I moved it just because today we were literally working all day long on the Forbidden Conscious Awards. And it was just so much that we're still working on to get this thing done and get it dialed into a 10-star event, which is coming up July 30th this year. You don't want to miss the event. I'll drop the link in the caption from time to time. And I also will play a short clip uh, of the promo for that actual event. It's going to be the largest event show of its type for, for um, the largest event of its type for awards in this community. And you want to be there to support it because this is your community. And if we don't show up for ourselves, who is? So you got to be there. Miami, Florida, that's coming up July 30th. That's in a few short months. All right. So you want to be there. And um, it's going to be an amazing, amazing night. But because of that, because of the workload, we had to have a huge forbidden knowledge team meeting and continue to run into the rest of the day. So I decided because I want to have all of my receipts, all of the receipts, and there's a few other things. And one other person that's an actual Mason that I want to interview and get a couple things from as well and bring that along with some clips, some images, some information, some historical facts. And the link between masonry, and ancient Egypt, and ancient Sumeria. So it's going to be a great, great podcast. I had I put it off until next week, Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I want to make sure I take my time and get it done right. I don't. I'm not one of these people that do half-assed work. I don't do that. That that, that ain't me. And if it ain't 100% right, I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, so anyway, tonight we're going to be talking about Neuralink, all right? Neuralink, and I'm going to be reading through some articles and some interesting things that have happened with this Neuralink, and I'm going to let you guys, you know, decide whether you think it's good or whether it's bad. We're going to go over the good, the bad, and the indifferent and let every one of you to make your own, um, you know, decision based on information of how you feel about it, all right? And so it's going to be a great talk tonight. Let's see how many people we have in the chat right now. We got, uh, okay, we got 655. Let's go ahead and share this link. Let's share this link with everybody. Let's share the link out. Make sure you guys click the like button. Uh, thank you for all the great comments. Margaret Burns, Will, um, Donna Brown, Charmaine Brown, everyone you got. I see Maddie Carr coming in, Deja. I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, but make sure you share this link. We got to get more people on this live video. Talking about a very, very important topic tonight that could alter the future of humanity. Literally could change our future outcome, could change our evolution and where we go consciously, spiritually, and even physically as a species on this planet. Very important topic. And so uh, I knew, you know, a lot about this topic already. So I want to go ahead and jump out ahead of this and put off the masonry until next week when I come with the rest of the receipts and this one other interview that I had to do uh, to get some additional information uh, from somebody that is a 33rd degree mason 
I want to confirm my hypothesis against an actual person that's at that level to make sure I'm on the right track. Again, I like to always bring the receipts, all right? So it's going to be a great talk next week. But today we're talking about Neuralink, N-E-U-R-A-L-I-N-K. If you don't know what that is, it's an actual technological device that was created by a team of researchers and scientists under the, um, I guess, I guess you want to say under the leadership of Elon Musk. Elon Musk, I'm pretty sure everyone knows who that is. He started a company called X.com decades ago. X.com then became PayPal. And then uh, eventually he sold, he exited PayPal, sold his shares. He exited as a, almost a billionaire out of there and began to build his, uh, his Tesla company, right? Uh, and then from Tesla, now he has, you know, the, the, the super high speed underground tube that will take you from place to place, you know, within a few hours, which is being constructed. He's got the uh, SpaceX uh, Corporation, which is, of, of course, launching liquid rocket fuels into space. And then he also has uh, now this Neuralink, and he also owns Twitter as well. He's a multi-billionaire, right? So that's who Elon Musk is. Interesting guy, very, very interesting guy from South Africa, uh, who now runs a lot of corporations out of America. Um, pretty interesting. So regardless of, of all of that, let's get into a little bit about the concept or idea of Neuralink. And I'm going to read directly from this uh, description so that I don't botch any of my words on this. I want to make sure I give you the exact description on this. So hold on a second. Let me pull this up. Because I'm going to show you something that's going to kind of shock you. It's going to kind of shock you. It's going to be pretty interesting here. Okay, so let's look up this real quick. This is a description directly from Neuralink website, right? And let's get this, let's get this exact description. Oops. Got it. Okay. What is Neuralink? Surgically implanted brain chips brought to you by Elon Musk. Neuralink is a neurotechnology company founded by Elon Musk that's building an implantable brain computer interface capable of translating thought into action. Launched in 2016, the private venture claims in its neural device that it will allow people with paraplegia, talking about people who are paralyzed, to regain movement and restore vision to those who are born blind. So they have some very high aspirations as to what this device can do uh, for people that may need this type of technology to regain movement in their limbs and also regain their vision or gain vision that they've never actually had based on what this chip is supposed to do. 
Neuralink is a company founded by Elon Musk in 2016 that's developing a brain-computer interface called The Link, which is a surgically embedded neural chip implanted designed to decode and stimulate brain activity. All right? The implant itself is called The Link. This is a coin-sized brain chip, and it is surgically embedded under the skull where it receives information from neural threads that fan out into sections of a subject's brain and control to control motor skills. Each wire contains 1,024 electrodes, which are sensors capable of recording and emitting electrical currents and are so fine and flexible that they can be inserted by the human hand, according to Neuralink's website. That's why Neuralink has built a neurological robot that's designed to become fully automated. We're talking about integrating some type of AI into this as well. The company is also developing an app that will allow a person to manipulate a keyboard and a mouse using only their mind. So we're talking about something that I used to talk about, what I have been talking about consistently in all my workshops. If you've ever come to any of my online workshops, any of my online classes, any of my big lectures where I talk about the power of the mind, What's one of the things I always talk about? The fact that the brain is sending out signals, it's sending out encoded data on a wave of light. We know that the brain emits electromagnetic waves. What is an electromagnetic wave? It's a wave of light. Not a wave of light that the human eye can actually see because human beings see less than 1% of the light spectrum. We pretty much only get red, green, and blue and variations of that. But there's, you know, ultraviolet, there's gamma, there's infrared, there's uh, multispectral, there's all these other waves of light in electromagnetic frequencies, like the ones that are being emitted by my cell phone at this exact moment, and the TV and the camera that I'm talking to right now, to talk to you, that's also emitting light waves that my retina cannot detect because we don't see in that light wave frequency. The brain is sending out these light waves on a consistent basis but not just any kind of light wave, is sending out a wave of light that's encoded with actual data. Actual information, program code is on the light wave. And so that program code goes out, it goes out into the universe, and it also sends that code and information down um, uh, neurons, and then goes into your nervous system and goes down into the body to control movements and, and, and organs and everything else, right? So the brain is a, is a, is a control center, basically and it's transmitting this information on a consistent basis. We showed in some of my workshops and classes that there is technology out there, way before Neuralink even came through with this, that can allow you to put a wireless, um, I guess you wanna call it a crown on your, on your head. It's very thin, it looks like it's plastic. It just sits right over the, the head and right over the crown area. And it picks up the EMFs or the electric, electromagnetic uh, brain frequencies and then it transmits that to remote control cars. It can transmit it to um, your refrigerator, your microwave oven, your TV, and you can control things with your mind. This is actually technology that has been out for quite some time. It's not new. It's not even close to being new. And as a matter of fact, some of the technology has been around for over a decade, right? So what he's done here, he's taking some existing technologies that have already existed 
and somehow was able to get an approval to incorporate it into this device. I'm pretty sure the patent isn't on isn't specifically on some of the actions that this uh, uh, device allows a person to to do, but the, t the the patent is probably based on the way that it's implemented into the human brain versus a lot of the other ones. It just sits on top of your head and you can just easily just flip it right off. It just nothing connects. There's no surgery needed, right? And so the patent probably comes into place, whereas this thing directly integrates with the brain and then uh, communicates with the brain via direct connection versus some of the other things that have been out there. They, they're non-invasive. They do not require any cutting open or any insertion of any type of, um, of device into the skull. Okay. Just to let you know. But this is pretty interesting. So if a person is a paraplegic or they lost their arms in a car accident, you know, and they need to get to work, they can work by thinking. They can work by thinking. Their thinking can create typing on a keyboard that can pick up those thought patterns. Their, their, uh, you know, their thought patterns can continue to allow them to, to manipulate and move machinery around, even without arms. Uh, if they're, you know, if they got into a severe car accident and had their spine broken and now they're paralyzed, it can allow them then to, um, you know, move their legs, right? And so this was the initial concept and the idea behind Neuralink, which is, you know, if you're just looking at it for the first time, it's like, oh, this sounds great. This sounds amazing. And I would even say that, right? Um, and uh, like KG Hack says, Elon is the only one that gets the approval for this type of project. Well, you know, when you're a billionaire, <laughs> you can pay the right people and things get done. All right? And especially if you're supporting political campaigns and things like that, lobbying and so forth. A lot of things get done when you got billions of dollars, you know. And so this is pretty interesting. So from the initial look, it's like, hmm, this is, sounds pretty amazing. Like this can really help humanity in a lot of ways, right? And the more you look into it, the more you read about it, you're like, wow, there's so much stuff here that it could possibly help with, right? Neuralink is really the vanguard of creating commercialized, scalable versions of what has been pioneered in academia, said Summer Norman, a scientist at a nonprofit startup, Convergent Research, and former chief brain-computer interface scientist at software firm AE Studio. He says there's been decades of academia research to push this field. So like I said, this has been going on for quite some time. It's not something that's brand new. If you think that this is a new thing, it's not. What is new is getting, the, getting this inserted into the brain versus something just sitting on top of your head. Now, this is pretty interesting because it takes me back to an old uh, talk show that I saw. I think it was 60 Minutes. I saw on 60 Minutes. This, I'm going to play this clip for you. I finally found it after digging and digging for about 35, 40 minutes. There is a student. At the time, he was a student. I don't think he's a student anymore. Um, let me pull up his name here. His name is Arnav Kapoor. Arnav Kapoor. I'll show you his face. Let me pull up a picture of this kid. All right. He had an incredible invention. And we're talking about, we're going back to about 2016 now. Let me see if I can find this kid's uh, face. This is Arnav Kapoor. You might have never heard of this kid. This kid was a student at MIT, right? And while at MIT, he decided to go ahead and work on a new type of interface that interface with the brain through conscious thought, right? Let me tell you what 
Arnav Kapoor was able to do long before Elon Musk came up with the idea for the Neuralink device. And this device doesn't have any type of surgery required. You don't have to put a chip inside of your head at all, which is pretty interesting. But it does a lot of the things that they were claiming that they want, you know, this thing to do. So let me pull up this Arnav Kapoor. Uh, hold on a second. Let me just pull it up real quick because I want to read this article. It's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting stuff. I mean, the more you dig into this stuff, the more you're like, what in the world? It sounds so great initially, and it does have a lot of benefits that it can help with humanity. You can't, can't put that off, right? You just can't say, you know, this doesn't sound like it can help anybody, but because it actually can help people. But what we have to do is we have to look at both sides of the coin. So right now I'm talking about some of the amazing positive sides of the coin. Um, but I also want to talk about some of the, the sides of the coin that aren't so positive because we have to have uh, perspective and we have to have context so that we can make an educated decision. Without both of those, you don't have the capability of making an educated decision, right? And so I want to read, read a little bit about what this device does here. Hold on, let me see if I can pull it up. Arnav Kapoor. Let's see here. Leading authority on extended intelligence, closely coupling human cognition and artificial intelligence, pioneering inventor and lead innovator behind Alter Ego. That's the name of this device. A rising tech star and a 2019 TED Fellow, a researcher at MIT Media Labs. Imagine perfectly memorizing things, crunching numbers as fast as computers do, silently texting other people, suddenly becoming multilingual so you can hear the translation in your head in one language and speak in another. This is the vision of Arnav Kapoor, which he actually developed this device years ago. Okay? We're talking about about seven years ago he did this. The vision of Arnav Kapoor pioneering inventor, researcher, and rising star of the MIT Media Lab, as featured on CBS 60 Minutes, which is where I saw this when it aired live back then. He's working toward a future where people are the center of technology and that used it for good, extending our intelligence and abilities multifold without unplugging us from our environment, as, to, as today's digital devices do, and enabling us to solve the world's biggest problems. That future in which wearable AI amplifies human intelligence isn't far from reality. And what he's done is he's developed this device, which you see here, I'm gonna put it back up again real quick. He developed this device, which uh, sits on the back of your ear and there's a bone behind your ear that it, it makes vibrations and transmits the information directly to the bone, bypassing the opening in the ear so you tra it transmits the voices and the information directly into the brain, bypassing the hearing, okay? So you can hear it, but you don't need to hear it through the air. You hear it through the bone behind the ear. An interesting, uh, interesting device. Let's take a look at this really short clip here from 60 Minutes. I could pull this up. What is 
45,689 divided by 67. Sure. He silently asks the computer and then hears the answer through vibrations transmitted through his skull and into his inner ear. Six, eight, one, point nine, two, five. Exactly right. One more. What's the largest city in Bulgaria, and what is the population? The screen shows how long it takes the computer to read the words that he's saying to himself. Sophia, 1.21 million. That is correct. You just Googled that. I did. You could be an expert in any subject. Mm -hmm. You have the entire internet in your head. That's the idea. The entire internet in his head. This kid developed this <laughs> almost 10 years ago, right? He probably started working on it over 10 years ago, got it working, functioning properly around seven, seven, eight years ago. And uh, that's an old clip from uh, 60 Minutes, right? And so, and what's interesting about this is when you look at the ancient texts and the ancient tablets, right? And you hear about these gods, these gods with this unlimited knowledge. When you go to Egypt, you find out that there's these locations where there would be these ancient temples, right? And these altars. And people, according to the local guides, would line up for miles in the ancient past, absolute miles. And what were they doing? They would line up for miles so that they can come and have a word with one of these gods, the Natiru, as they're called in Africa, AKA Anunnaki, AKA Atlanteans, whatever you want to call them, the Nomo, according to the Dogon tribe, they had many different names, right? But when they would ask them questions, they had all the answers. What if, hypothesis, what if these beings had something similar to this? And this is just a rediscovery of what already existed. What if this is simply a rediscovery of what already existed? Because we know, according to these ancient texts and tablets, and the, from the depictions of these ancient beings and all these carvings and reliefs, they had on what appeared to be technology. They had technology in their hands. They had technology embedded into their clothing. And sometimes they had these earpieces that came across their mouth, looking like some of the stuff like what this kid just had on just now, right? If you look up the El Bao artifact, as a matter of fact, let me see if I can find that right quick, because it's a pretty interesting artifact. I have, a, I have an actual copy of this artifact um, here in the house. El Bao artifact. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can find a quick copy while I'm just here. Pretty interesting um, uh, artifact because it literally has something similar to what this kid has on. And this being supposedly comes from somewhere else and is extremely highly intelligent and has on this device. Let me see if I can pull up. I just saw the one I want. Here it goes. This is really crazy. I'm going to pull up two of them. Here's one. I can get this to come up. Show you guys what I'm talking about here real quick. This is some interesting stuff, the similarities between some of these ancient cultures and what was written in these ancient texts versus what you see happening right now, All right? And so I'm going to pull up a couple images. Here's one image. This is a full-size image of this Elbao artifact. You can see that this 
this being is um, is wearing something that seems to be extremely technological. All right, let me go and see if I can get you a close up so you can see a little bit better as to what I'm actually looking at here. All right, and you're going to see the device over the air when I go into this Zoom. I got one here. Let me save this. And I have an actual replica copy of this same artifact here in my house upstairs. I've had it for years. It's the actual mold of the artifact. Let me give you a close-up look here. Now, in the upper left, you see this opening, right? And you see a being coming through the opening. On the being's air coming to its mouth is a device. And then you see the being as a full size. You can see the breath coming out of this thing, which looks like some type of advanced suit that it's wearing. And this thing is thousands of years old. Thousands of years old, right? It's just pretty interesting. It's just a pretty interesting coincidence. It may have something to do with it. It may not. I'm just pulling up something to me that I thought was an extreme coincidence because according to these texts and tablets, you can go and talk to these beings and they had all the answers. They're always having the answers. You see here, you can see the human beings are being taught by this Anunnaki god. You could tell that it's an Anunnaki god, not a normal human, because of the size of this person. This guy is massive. The human beings only come up to his knees while he's seated. If he was to stand up, they'd be right at the knee joint. This being is a massive dude with a big elongated skull, and he's teaching human beings in this particular relief the secrets of anti-gravity, okay? That's what he's teaching there. Um, but uh, And that's a whole other podcast that I'll do and, and break this whole thing down as to exactly what's going on there. But these beings had in, an impressive level of knowledge. What if, what if they were tapping into a database that they had brought to Earth with them that they can literally think to it and it would give them the answers, giving them godlike omnipresent, omnipotent capabilities. They can look like they had all the information and all the answers to every question in the world. They had immense knowledge on architectural structures and mathematics and languages. Because when you read these texts, they're always changing people's languages and confusing languages and making these people speak that big. They came up with all these languages out of absolutely nowhere. And they were all taught to them by these gods, quote unquote, with the lowercase g gods. What if they were using similar devices? They're just using a, some type of sophisticated computer database to read back to them, maybe even right there behind the air or some other device, maybe, with, maybe from those crowns that they always wore, and send the information right into their brain so they can regurgitate it as if they actually came up with the ideas themselves. Pretty interesting. It's a possibility. It's an absolute possibility. <laughs> you can't rule it out, right? So... That's pretty interesting stuff. So, so far, it sounds like, man, this sounds like the answer to a lot of our problems. This sounds like an amazing thing, right? Oh, man, people who are paralyzed and people who lost their arms or limbs or whatever, this is going to help them a great deal. So far, so good. Sounds pretty good. Let's look at the flip coin of this thing as well. Let's take a look at, you know, the other side, all right? The other side of this and some of the things that, are not so good so we can have a full context of what's really going on here and why i'm doing this video and why i'm surprised that human trials were approved today because as of today the fda 
which is one of the hardest, hardest organizations to get anything approved through. Do you know how many real life, healthy, organic supplements exist on the market that can really help you and help your hormone balance and help your, your, uh, your blood pressure and, and your brain and everything else that cannot get an FDA approval? That literally will never get an FDA approval. There's millions of products, not thousands, not tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands. There are literally millions of products that could help you that will never get FDA approval. And then you have this product within a very short period of time gets FDA approval. I hate to say this, but that scares me a little bit. And I don't like to, I don't like to use that word scared because that's fear. But that makes me go, hmm, give me a little bit of goosebumps because I'm like, wait a minute, this is a little bit too fast. Let's look at the history of Neuralink with this testing. I'm just going back not that far. Neuralink employees admit company has killed over 1,500 animals so far. Neuralink is reportedly under federal investigation and details are serious. This is from Futurism. Let's take a look here. They were doing monkeys, uh, they were using, utilizing monkeys, I'm sorry, in the study, all right, in the trials. Here goes an image. This is an actual image of a monkey wired with Neuralink and getting some type of a reward there for, for allowing them to remote control its brain, okay? And so this is what it says. We already knew that there were problems at Elon Musk brain-computer interface startup Neuralink, internally, employees have warned of chaos as they may, as they say, Musk pushes for overly ambitious goals. Externally, subject matter experts say that Musk glib promises gloss over profound challenges standing in the way of a commercial brain implant for humans and downplays deep ethical questions that will emerge if it does succeed ethical questions. Think about that word for a second, ethical. Another problem has been looming since early on as well, criticism of how the venture is treating its animal test subjects. Now a bombshell, Reuters story reports, reports that those concerns have deepened considerably in the form of a federal probe about animal well-being at the company by the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Inspector General at the request of a federal prosecutor. Reuters reporting sounds extensive, drawing on what the news agency says are interviews with numerous and current or former employees of Neuralink at a time of growing employee dissent about Neuralink's animal testing. The specific allegations are grim, with Reuters reporting that Neuralink has since, uh, has since, uh, has since 2018 so far killed around 1,500 animals, including 280 sheep pigs, and monkeys. It's not clear how many of the animals have died specifically after being implanted with the company's prototype brain chip, which Musk said this week expects to be implanting in human subjects within six months. <laughs> but it had been previously reported that 21% of its monkeys had died because of issues with the devices. And some of these deaths are pretty gruesome in the way that they happened. 
Some of these monkeys began to eat their own limbs once the device was implanted into them. They began to eat their own limbs. And then now they're saying, oh, within six months, it'll be in humans as like a guarantee it's going to be inside of humans in six months. Sources tell Reuters that many mistakes endangering animal well-being are avoidable. For example, employees told the outlet that the company allegedly botched surgery on two pigs when it implanted their chips on the wrong vertebra. Oops, my bad. So all of a sudden, you think you're going in to get your paralysis cured, and maybe you make it worse. Leading to the company veterinarians to recommend killing one of the animals due to its poor psychological well-being. Worse, employees told Reuters that mistakes led to the animals' deaths were sometimes exacerbated by Musk pushing the company to work faster than was safe. Sounds like the global pandemic uh, cure-a-majigger. You know what I'm talking about? Jabowowskis? Rushing, even though it wasn't safe. One employee ventured to colleagues in a message obtained by Reuters that the company's work on animals was a hack job. The outlet reported that numerous employees have raised the concerns internally and some have left the company entirely due to its concerns about how the animals were being treated. Pretty crazy stuff. They don't talk to you about this when they report that this thing has been released for human trials. Another detail reported in the story that, uh, uh, that smacked of an ugly retroactive approach to scientific literature after Musk described the company's approach to surgery as Confirmatory, not exploratory. Company researchers were allegedly instructed to scrub the word exploratory from the study titles retroactively and avoid using it in the future. So now we see we're building an agenda here, right? There's an agenda being developed. Neuralink problems with the perception of its animal testing had been building for some time. PETA has spoken out about the company and a legal battle is currently underway to obtain photos of monkeys that Neuralink experimented on at the University of California, Davis. A federal investigation, though, as well as what sounds like growing rancor at the company over Musk dict uh, dictatorial managerial style could represent a swiftly darkening shadow over the company already. So this is a, a crazy situation here where you have uh, torture of animals, you have mistreatment of animals, you have science being rushed, and when you're rushing science and you're changing uh, verbiage in your, in your reports, now you're building an agenda. The only purpose uh, that's here is to get this to market as fast as possible, probably to beat a competitor and also to generate income uh, because probably the research has been costing into the billions and now it's time, to, it's time to pay some of those billions back. And so we must get this out within a, short, a certain period of time. We must meet these deadlines. We must get this to market, no matter what the expense, no matter what the cost, no matter how many people are hurt or injured by it. We got to get these first to market into human beings as fast as possible. This was just what I'm reading to you was just six months ago. And guess what? Now, here we go. This thing was approved by the FDA for human trials only six months after this. This should be a 10-year study. This would be a 15, 20-year study before human trials begin. But yet, here we go again. If you got money, if you got power, you have allegiances, you can make things happen. You can make anything happen in this world, obviously. All right. And so <laughs> this is some pretty sick stuff. 
And so this is what's going on with Neuralink. So I gave you the good side and I gave you the bad side so far as this thing could literally be botched. So you know how plastic surgery, there's TV shows called botched where you see women who've gone in for plastic surgery and men have gone in for plastic surgery and it's botched surgery. Well, this Neuralink can also be botched because at the speed in which they're trying to implement this into the human population is too fast to be safe. It's just too fast to be safe. And so people that are thinking they're going to go in for one result end up getting more negative results. Some will have good results. Some will not have good results. Some will have great results. Some will die. Some will definitely die. And this is probably something, a disclaimer, you have to agree to and sign before the surgery even occurs, that this could kill you, right? Just like we know the global Jabowowski thing that they gave out, you make, they make you sign a document saying, oh, this could kill you and you can't sue us. See? That's what it's saying, right? And so it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy because here we go. Capitalism is a dangerous thing. It could be a great thing, but in the situation where it comes down to health and wellness, when it comes down to prisons, when it comes down to judicial and political, capitalism needs to go bye-bye in those areas. It can't persist. It can't exist in those areas. It just can't, right? It just can't. Thank you, AJ Fernandez. All right, and everyone else who dropped the chat uh, donation today, I really appreciate it. And so we're in a crazy, crazy, crazy time right now that this thing is getting ready to come out. And I'm going to give you the third side of this thing. So we talked about the benefits of it, you know, people with Alzheimer's. I didn't mention that. People with maybe Parkinson's, it might be able to help them. People with speech delays and speech you know, impediments. People who um, can't use their arms, can't use their legs. You know, it's going to help some people. There's no doubt. But it's also going to hurt some people, no doubt. There's another side to this as well that nobody's looking at. Every social media company that's been out there, the big ones, they've all sold out their data to the CIA and the FBI, right? And um, what happens when uh, these brain scans or these brain chips are consistently downloading brainwave activity and thought activity? Thought activity from the past, present, and even the future. And then all that data becomes acquired. <laughs> acquired. And then people who are just sitting in their homes relaxing end up somebody, a knock at the door. Here you're getting arrested because uh, according to your brain pattern, you might have killed somebody in 1975. According to your brain pattern, you're getting ready to commit a crime in two years. Or you get locked up on conspiracy charges because uh, you're, you're, conspiring, you're conspiring against... Uh, the government are you conspiring to do this or conspiring to to do that how far will they go with this you remember uh minority report the movie minority report uh tom cruise future crime division yeah future crime crimes that haven't even happened yet minority report so all of a sudden you're in a situation where uh, your thoughts have now been compromised and what happens then let's look at the other side when you get hacked when you get hacked and those chips remote control your body. Now somebody remote controls you to go and do a shooting somewhere. They remote control you to crash your car into a group of protesters. They remote control you to, you know, go do something uh, that you normally wouldn't do. Like go and rob a bank and bring them the money and remote control your body all the way back to the, to the drop-off spot, right? Now you got the fall guy. 
remote control you to commit an assassination of somebody important, a political figure. What happens when they start hacking into people's brains because the chip is there? There hasn't been one bank that hasn't been hacked. The federal government, U.S. government's been hacked. They get hacked on almost on a daily basis. Even the, the highest level of military computers, they get hacked all the time. The teenagers hacking these computers, right? I remember somebody from the Russia had hacked into every bank on, on uh, Fifth Avenue in New York and had somebody just going from ATM to ATM collecting all the money from halfway around the world. Do you think that these people won't hack into your brain? People will hack into your brain while you're in your mansion sleeping and make you come turn the alarm off in your house and open your door so that people can come in and rob you. It's crazy. So there's a good side and there's also a dark side. As with anything in the universe, you have light and you have darkness. <laughs> and so that's what we're facing. And so this thing needs to be really evaluated you know, um, I just don't recommend people run down and start popping this thing into their heads. Uh, you should need to take all the disclaimers and terms, conditions, documentation to an attorney. How much of your information can be compromised or sold at any time? Any all of your thoughts, all the data from your thoughts can be downloaded on a stream on a to a cloud and and then saved somewhere for marketing campaigns and telemarketing and everything else. There's so much to this that can be that can go bad. There's just too much to it that can actually go bad. And we really need to evaluate this Neuralink situation. Um, I personally don't have anything against Elon Musk. I just don't think that this is one of his bright and shining moments. I don't think this is a good thing. I think it is rushed. I think that it hasn't been thought out properly. I, I think that people are definitely going to probably end up injured or dead. And some people will actually have the benefit, the full benefit. There will be some people that get the full benefit. It's going to be a mix. But then long term, how much of that data is secure and safe? And where is that data being stored? And who gets access to that data of all these brains? Eventually, potentially billions of brains. That data is worth a planet. That's how much money that data is worth. It's not worth, you can't even put a number on it. You could probably take that money that you'll get payment for that data and buy, a, buy your own planet. Literally. Buy, you can buy a solar system. Maybe you go buy an asteroid or something. You know? I mean, that's the kind of money we're talking about just for the data. Forget the cost that it gets to implant it into your brain. That's peanuts compared to the cost of, of what you can sell the data for. The brain data of billions of people. So, you know, it's interesting. It has a lot of great benefits, but I still have a big question mark on it as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I just... Uh, I hope and uh, you know think that everyone who who is thinking about getting this really does the research on it. All right, now guys, I'm getting ready to come back here in a few minutes as we are getting ready to do a Biohack Your Best Life podcast with Elizabeth Huckstra coming up in just a few short minutes. So please, please, please don't go anywhere. I'm gonna disconnect this video and come right back with a new video. So stay on the Forbidden Knowledge TV channel, and while you're at it, make sure you check this out. This incredible event that we have coming up for the Forbidden Conscious Awards in just a few short weeks. It's getting ready to happen. It's going down in Miami, Florida at the Adrian R. Center. You don't want to miss this high-level event. It's going to be mine. Hey, everybody. It's Billy Carson, also known as Forbidden Knowledge. I want to talk to you about a very special event coming up July 30th, 2023. 
the Forbidden Conscious Awards, the first annual event of its type. We're going to honor people who have been contributing to the conscious community for decades. People that you know and love that have helped you get to higher levels of thought and consciousness and awareness. And guess what? It's time to give them their flowers while they're still alive. It's going to be a live in-person event, but seats are going to sell out very fast. You want to make sure you're there in person for this amazing level event. It's going to be above the Oscars, above the Grammys. And guess what? You can help vote for the winners. Voting is available on ForbiddenKnowledge.com. And the categories are going to be social media influencer, podcast slash radio host, TV host, actor, director, producer, entrepreneurs, health and wellness, philanthropists, authors, field researchers, archaeologists, space anomaly hunters, and of course, a Lifetime Achievement Award. And you want to be there in person because I'm going to be speaking. That's right. I'll be your keynote speaker that night at the Forbidden Conscious Award. If you want to come to a mini conference, this is the place to be because I'm going to give you the knowledge that night as well as performances. We have celebrity guests performing. We'll have a halftime show where we're actually going to perform music for you. And don't forget about the pre-event mixer where if you buy a box seat, you'll be in the VIP section and you also have private access to a VIP mixer with celebrity guests. Shake hands, break bread, network, and then walk the red carpet with us and take amazing photos. It's going to be a night to remember. You don't want to forget this. And you help vote by going to ForbiddenKnowledge.com. Go to the Conscious Awards link. You can text in a vote for who you want for any category, as well as if you're out of the country, you can use the web form ballot to still vote for anyone you think is worthy of being honored that night. Make sure you hurry up and get your tickets because they're selling out very fast. I want to see you there. Forbidden Conscious Awards 2023. That's amazing. You see, I got the beautiful Elizabeth Hooks right here right now. We're getting ready to go live in a few minutes. Make sure you click the link and come right back because we're going to be back in a minute, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll be back right at 8 p.m. sharp and yes. it's going to be a good one. So uh, don't miss it, guys. Don't miss this podcast. This is going to be a deep podcast. What's the topic? The topic is addiction, and we're not just talking about drugs and alcohol. We're talking about every type of addiction that could be addiction. So, right. yes. Talking about addiction coming up next yeah. in just a few short minutes. We'll be right back. Thank you. Peace and love. See you in a few minutes.